wherever you're watching from right now, I just want you to take a deep breath and say, this is going to be a good year. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, this is going to be a good year. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're watching in person, you're watching online, or you're listening to our podcast. We want you to know that we do love you and we do appreciate you. Yesterday I was driving around and I decided to go by the church that I was raised in. And on the property there, there is an altar that we built. Before we ever put up a structure or a building on the property, we built an altar together, a a place of prayer, a place to gather around and celebrate the goodness of God and pray about our future together. And I remember I was just a young boy, but we all went around the property and we gathered all these rocks and we would carry them together and we placed them stone upon stone until we developed this altar, this place of prayer. And I wanted to go back there yesterday and I wanted to show these pictures to you today because it reminds me that everything should start with prayer. Everything in our life should start with prayer. Many times we want results, but the results we want need to start in your quiet time alone through prayer. Jesus, when he's talking about prayer in Matthew, the sixth chapter, he says, when you pray. That strikes me, because he's, he's saying, like, when, 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 when you pray, that, like, this is a rhythm of life, like, when you eat, when you sleep, when you have something to drink. These are things, like, you, you don't even really do, you, you do them without even thinking. You get hungry, you eat, you, you get thirsty, you drink something, you get tired, you go to sleep. It's a rhythm, it's a pattern, it's something that, that you have developed, it's something that you don't even have to think about anymore. He's talking about prayer in that way, like when you pray, this becomes a lifestyle, a a way of living. It's not just a moment where we pray before we eat or we pray before we go to sleep, but we have a continual open dialogue with our Father where we are speaking to Him and He is speaking to us. And when we move into that realm, man, we move into some incredible, incredible power when we pray. You know, Jesus Here he is, God in flesh, yet he spent time in prayer. The Bible says that before he ever started his public ministry, he went out into a wilderness and for 40 days he fasted and prayed. What was he doing? He was fueling himself for his mission. After his ministry starts, the Bible says that he would withdraw himself from the crowd. He would get alone to where he could talk to his father. What was he doing? He was fueling himself for his mission because prayer produces power. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Or if you're watching online, you can put that in the chat. Prayer produces power. So watch this. Jesus tells us that we will receive the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power. So the moment we receive Jesus into our life, we receive also the Holy Spirit. He comes into our life, and when he comes into our life, the very power of God is there, and the very presence of God now resides inside of you and I. 
but that potential that is inside of us is only tapped into through prayer. It's like a water hose that has the potential to carry water. You can hook it up to your house and you can run water to your garden. You can hook it up to your house, run water uh, to your grass. You could use the water to clean your car. But that, that hose that has the potential to carry water is useless unless it's plugged into the source. When we come into Christ, we receive the source, but we plug ourselves into the source and connect ourselves to the source through our prayer. Prayer produces power. There's a story where Jesus, he's on the mountain with three of his disciples, and they're up there. Guess what they're doing? They're praying. And in the midst of them being up there praying, there's something happening down at the base of the mountain. And that's where we find ourselves. The Bible says, and when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and foams and, and grinds his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. So what happens is, Jesus, he's on the mountain praying. He comes down to this great commotion, and he finds out that there's this boy that has a spirit that's troubling him. And they brought the boy to Jesus, but Jesus was up there praying, so they gave the boy to the disciples. But the disciples weren't able to do anything about the situation. So now Jesus steps in and he, he takes charge. Watch what happens in verse 25. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Jesus, how come you were able to cast out the spirit, but we couldn't. Notice this. He does not respond with, well, it's because I'm the son of God and you're not. Well, it's because I have abilities that you don't have. That's not what he says. He tells them this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Why? Because prayer produces power. Prayer taps into the authority of heaven. If you want to carry the power of heaven, it has to be developed through prayer. Victory starts with prayer. You know, when we read about all of these heroes in the Bible like Daniel and Moses and David and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I want you to see that the things they did started in a place of prayer. David was able to become a phenomenal king because it started with him in a pasture where he would spend time with God, praying and worshiping God. Daniel was able to face the lion's den because he knew 
his God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had no fear of the fiery furnace because they knew God. See, there, there is a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Many of us have a lot of facts and figures and stories about God, but he actually wants to know us, and he wants us to know him, and that is cultivated in prayer, and power is produced through your prayer. Turn the person next to you and say, prayer produces power. Come on, say it. Prayer produces power. The the second thing I want you to see about prayer is this. Prayer produces partnership. I love this part of it. Watch this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So we, we have the grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Now that, that word fellowship in the original Greek is koinonia, koinonia, which means fellowship, it means communion, it means partnership. We have the ability to partner with God in our life. I don't know about you, but I think that's phenomenal because anything I try to do on my own, I usually end up messing up very, very badly. But when I understand that I have the wisdom of heaven at my disposal, I have the understanding of heaven at my disposal. I have the one who sees all things and knows all things wants to partner with me to show me things that I cannot see on my own, to help me do things that I cannot do on my own. That's phenomenal. But do you know how that partnership is developed? It's developed through prayer like any other relationship. Husbands, when you first met your wife, your relationship was developed through communication. Boyfriends, girlfriends, friendships, all of these are developed and matured over time through our communication. And the more we communicate with one another, the closer we draw to one another. If you want to see a relationship fall apart, stop talking to one another. Stop communicating with one another. Stop sharing your heart and your feelings and your desires with one another, and that relationship will begin to slowly fall apart. But if you'll come into communication, if you'll come into that time of intimacy and sharing, your relationship is built. It's the same thing with God. The more we talk to God, the more we share with God, the more we commune with God, the closer we draw to him. And he doesn't just want to be a friend to us. He doesn't just want to be a comforter to us. He doesn't only want to be a counselor to us, but he wants to partner with us to show us the things that we cannot see, to give us ideas and concepts and strategies for life. Whenever we face a challenge that is too big for us, we can go and know that I have a God who is with me and for me, and I've been in open communication with him, and I know he's going to show up. I know he's going to move on my behalf. I know he's going to do something incredible for me because I know 
my God. Prayer produces partnership. And so Jesus says, when you pray, develop a rhythm of prayer. Develop a lifestyle of prayer. But he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. I want to show you this. Matthew 6, 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So, so here's, here's why I wanted to take a moment and share this passage with you. Jesus is saying, don't be about, like the hypocrites. They, they stand and pray so that others will see them, so that others will acknowledge how great of a prayer they are, and they must be holy. Jesus is saying, don't be that way. When you pray, don't make it about others. You're not praying to them. You're not praying to impress them. You're praying to touch your Father in heaven, and so make it intimate. Make it between you and your Father as if no one is even listening in. Listen, you don't have to be intimidated to pray in front of people. Many times we get, it, we, we get intimidated to pray in front of people because we're like thinking like, well, what if I mess up? There, there is no such thing as messing up. If you're scared of what people will think about your prayer, you're coming to prayer all wrong because it's not about them. It's about you and it's about him. And it's not about how eloquent your speech is. It's not about how many words you can string together and how many verses you can quote at a time. It's about you being real and being honest with God. You know, sometimes when I pray for a meal, I'll say, Father, I, I'm just thankful that I have the ability to eat. I'm thankful that I have the ability to taste this food that you provided for me. So thank you. Amen. You know, that's not really the type of prayer that most people want before their Christmas meal. You know, they want something long and drawn out, but God doesn't need long and drawn out. God wants sincere. He wants open communication. And the more you do it, the more it develops and the more comfortable you'll get speaking to him. And things will start just flowing from you. You're not having to make it up. You're not having to force it. It just happens. Like I said, it's like a conversation between you and your best friend. You're not having to force the conversation. You're not having to pre-think, well, what are we going to talk about today? Like when we go out today, what are we going to talk about? You don't pre-think it. It just comes natural. Why? Because you have a relationship. But that relationship starts in a place of just sharing, getting to know one another. So we don't pray to be seen by others. Jesus isn't saying like, hey, don't pray in public form. That's not what he's saying. He's saying don't pray like the hypocrites who just want to be seen. Then he says in verse 7, and when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you have need of before you ask. It's not about how many words you can string together. It's not about how much Greek or Hebrew you know or don't know. It's so simple. Prayer is so simple. 
yet it's so powerful. It's just communicating with God. And as we begin to communicate with him, we begin to learn to hear his voice and he will speak and he will lead and he will guide and he'll help you in every aspect of your life. But it starts with developing a relationship with him. Several years ago, I, I, I went on a snowmobiling trip and when we got there, they, the guide said, we're going to be going up through the woods and we're going to stay in a single file line and I need you to stay close to me. I need you to see me because I'm the only one that knows where we're going. And if you fall behind, you're going to get lost. And there's thousands of acres of mountains up here that you'll get lost and you'll never be able to find your way back. But if you'll stay with me, I'll get you where you need to be. And that's how I was thinking about that. I was thinking about our relationship with God. He knows what we don't know. He sees what we do not see. And he's saying, if you'll just stay close to me, I will lead you. I will direct you. I will order your steps. I will help you. But you've got to stay close to me. Draw near to me. That's what we're doing through our prayer. We're drawing near to him. As we continue on in this year of 2022, I want it to be a year of prayer. I want us to develop a prayer life like never before. Like if you were to rate your prayer life right now between 1 and 10, you don't have to tell it out, say it out loud or, 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 or tell anyone, but just to yourself, would you be a 1? Where would you be between a 1 and a 10? Would you be a 1? Would you be a 5? Would you be an 8? Would you be a 10? I want you to know that no matter where you are right now, it can get better. Even if you think you're a 10, your prayer life and your communication life with God can get better. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've experienced a lot of things, but there's nothing greater than knowing that God hears you and knowing that you are hearing from God. The Bible says that my sheep know my voice. If you belong to him, then you're a sheep of his pasture, which means you have the ability to know his voice, to hear him when he speaks. But that's developed through your intimacy, through your communication, through your prayer, through speaking to him and taking time to listen from him. Before we close this service today, I just want to take a moment to pray for you and then for those of you who are in person, Randy will come up and pray with you and close in this service. And I know this has been a little bit different and this is not the way I would have chosen to do things, but it's the way that we had to do it for today. And I look forward to being with you again next week. But Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch every heart and that you would touch every life. God, that you would move in a mighty and a powerful way. Lord, whatever they are facing, Lord, we're asking that you would be their ever-present help in their time of need. Father, bring strength and hope and joy and peace and healing today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.